Hello and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. He's the current publisher and executive editor of The Business Record and had a little bit of a stint at ESPN, which I'll let him talk about here shortly. Chris Konetsky joins us on Leading in Times of Challenge podcast today. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So now we're going to get into some some challenges that you may have faced, um, but I want to start off with ESPN because reading your bio, that seems like that was a little bit of a challenge in and of itself for you to have to make that decision. So, so for those listening that don't know, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us that story? Yeah, it sounds like maybe you got some inside information there from uh, maybe an employee on staff there that, that knows about that decision. But um, the uh, good reporting there, Mike, maybe we get you a spot over here at the business record. Um, the, uh, you know, the decision there was was really interesting. I worked at the business record right out of school as a reporter, um, worked here for about a year. And uh, I had interned at ESPN when I was in college and and got to do that out in Bristol, Connecticut and had a blast out there working for the ESPN.com NFL desk. And so that was a, a fantastic experience. That's where I always thought I wanted to, to work at. Uh, ESPN is kind of the, you know, the mothership for sports and uh, sports journalism is where I kind of got that initial fire for journalism. Um, so I had an opportunity to go work for college game day. I was working for them and managed their social media, which this sounds ridiculous now, but I helped get their Facebook page started. Uh, it was kind of a, <laughs> first foray into, into social media. And by nature, being the youngest guy there, I, I handled their Twitter account as well. So people would get all excited when they got retweeted by game day, but it was actually just a 23-year-old uh, behind the <laughs> behind the scenes managing it through Hootsuite, right? So, uh, but I had a ton of fun, got to go out to some of the locations and, and get to meet some of the folks that are part of that team uh, and learn a lot about marketing and also about uh, some journalism type things too. Uh, so I had an opportunity there to um, to continue on and, uh, had an had come back here to go to an Iowa state game over the Thanksgiving time and, and, uh, met with my uh, previous boss or our past president, um, Jeanette Larkin. And she said, Oh, you want to stop in and meet? I said, sure. And I thought she just wanted to say hi. And, you know, I only worked there for about a year or so. And, uh, she said, how would you you'd be interested in coming back, uh, as the editor for the business record? And I went, well, I've only been at ESPN now for a few months, and that's where I always thought I wanted to be. Um, but I really liked the idea, and there was a couple of reasons I liked it. Um, the opportunity to be an editor at a young age. I'd been here in Des Moines and seen um, the inner workings of a company like the Business Record, which was a profitable media company and still is a profitable media company, and that's something I always had an interest in. Um, and I had a long-term goal of potentially being a, uh, of being a publisher um, at some point in my, in my career. And so... I knew this was going to be an opportunity to learn all those things, uh, learn about how you run a profitable magazine, uh, news, news operation, um, learn how to be a leader from somebody who's, who was doing it. And then also had an opportunity to work for Connie Weimer. Connie owns the business record um, and has run the business since the eighties. And uh, you know, to, to be able to watch and learn from somebody like that, who's running a profitable media company, um, that was an opportunity that was really hard to pass up. And yet at the same time I was sitting there at ESPN, um, where I, you know, I, I knew I had a, a you know, was, was having success there and had an, was loved the team. There was nothing I would have changed about it in any way. 
um, had an opportunity to go to New York and be part of the team more closely. I was working remote while I was there and um, had to kind of make a decision. And the decision ultimately hinged on being able to be a part of the community in some way. When I remember when I left Des Moines, I got emails from a lot of the sources that I had been been working with. And just that year, you know, thanking me for for doing the work that I was doing and, and making that personal reach out. And I remembered that. And in that moment, when I was sitting there wrestling with it, my wife and I were trying to figure out what to do. And, and she was ultimately the one that that said, let's do Des Moines. And um, that opportunity to have that community and know that you had people caring for you. And she was going to be looking for a job and, you know, having that chance to plug into the community. That's ultimately what what made me make that decision. And so, um, so yeah, I, do I miss the sports part of it sometimes? Sure. But at the same right. time, I get to just be a fan. Uh, and business has some elements of sports to it, too, that I enjoy. Absolutely. So now to now that you overcame that, let's talk. Let's talk about some some challenges. Uh, I'm going to shift gears ever so slightly uh, from from the bio. But and and thank you, by the way, for for giving us that little bit of insight. Um, talk about now times because be, being a publisher and, and an editor and, and things like that, you obviously have to work with teams, beat deadlines, cover some really intense news stories. And, and all that and that goes into it. Talk about a time in the past, maybe, and we'll circle back to, to now to, to things that are going on today. But talk about a time in the past where you maybe had a challenge that you you went into it with your team and you're like, um, how how in the hell are we going to get through this? And is it even possible to get through this? Uh, talk talk about something like that. Yeah, I think, you know, the the one that, that comes to mind is is. Um, was really tough and it, it was, it wasn't too long after I had actually come back into the role as editor, uh, for business record. And so when I came back, uh, we were very fortunate. The, the editor at the time who had been my editor, uh, Jim Pollock, um, he, he had, he was looking to, he was towards the end of his career. He was looking to move out of a management type of role. Um, and so we had, he had moved into the managing editor role so I could be the editor. Um, but the goal there was he was going to be there. He knew everything about the community. He knew all the people. Um, the goal with that situation was to let me be the the young one coming in with some ideas to, you know, uh, make some changes and also do some, uh, have that energy perhaps to, to make some of the changes that were needed for, from a technological standpoint and, and trying to adapt and innovate around um, the new media world. And yet um, one of the things that's so core to the business record is having people that understand the community and understand uh, what's going on. And so the, the goal was to, to have him be in that role um, as kind of that support and still working obviously with the team and, and being able to be there as that voice of that experienced voice to help guide uh, when those situations came up that I wasn't going to know. Cause the reality was I was going to be 23 and, and trying to run the business records newsroom. Right. And I had a lot of confidence in it, but that was the big question that I asked Jeanette Larkin, my, my boss, before I took the job, I said, can I, <laughs> I was kind of self, can I do this? You know, it was kind of the question that I, mm-hmm. I had in the back of my mind. I had led teams before I'd done, I had been the editor in chief at the daily. And so wrangled a hundred plus college kids. Um, but the idea of, of leading uh, a staff that was all older than me um, was, was a little bit daunting in some ways. And she had full confidence in me to do that. And yet one of the things that was hinging on in my mind was Jim being there to, to help, as situations came up that I wasn't sure about. And um, not too long after uh, maybe about a year or so in, into my, my role as editor, um, Jim 
uh, got sick and uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, in a matter of just a couple of weeks, he passed away. And it was, you know, it was kind of, it, it was sudden and it was uh, quick. And um, I just kind of remember sitting there at the same time, you know, your, you, your default reaction is you got to take care of your, your team and, and, and the staff that, that had worked with him much longer than I had. Right. His, fam- his family who, you know, he had, he had kids that were nearing college age and, and a wife uh, that worked up at DMAC. And so, you know, that's kind of where your initial focus went in those first days. And yet at the same time, you've got a paper that still has to go out there. Nobody's pausing for you. Um, you still have to put out your publications and continue moving on. And so you have kind of this balance of how do you, how do you pause and be emotionally supportive and trying to, to manage through that for your team. And at the same time, this kind of callous, okay, well, what's going in the paper next week. And that's, that's a, that I remember really struggling with that, that feeling of how do I talk to somebody about where's your story at it's due. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we were, we're talking about going to a funeral later that day. Right. And so that, that challenge is, um, was definitely one of the, one of the formative type things, I think probably, um, I guess in, in my career in some ways and some of the lessons. And I think, you know, I'm sure we'll probably talk about a little bit more, but I probably didn't manage through it myself personally, actually the way that I, that I wish I would have in that moment. And I think some of those things, can come back later on. Right. I did everything for my team that I think I, I needed to do. And I was there for the family and I, but I, I probably wasn't actually pausing for myself mm-hmm. to think about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was young, um, and it was definitely one of those challenges that you never expect. You never expect somebody on your staff to pass away to begin with, right. uh, and somebody that you're, that you were going to be t- depending on from a work standpoint then too. Right. Um, trying to figure out how to manage through that was, was definitely a tough time. Yeah. So now, now to, to stay on that line, um, because I'm sure there, well, I, I can say with confidence, I know there's a lot of lessons that you did learn that, that um, <clears throat> can apply in other areas. So talk about how you did, if you, if you don't mind getting a little more specific on, on some of the things you did, you said you're all about getting your team, uh, you know, getting, getting their mindset right to, to do what you had to do while also, <clears throat> you know, paying your respects and, and, and mourning, uh, your, your former, co- your colleague, um, talk about some of the things that you did to kind of keep that morale up amongst your team during that, during that time. Yeah. You know, and I think the, the, the first, the first part of that I think is, is that we were in a good, we were in a good position to begin with. Right. And so sometimes, sometimes the best way to prepare for the unseen disaster or the unseen problem is to be in a spot where when those things happen, you've got the flexibility to be able to adapt. And that's not, that's not going to be every situation. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of a lesson that you, you can't plan for things like that. And right. the only way to, to plan for those things is to know that things do go wrong. And, and when they do the better position you're in, whether that's right now, if you bring it back to the, the pandemic, the, the businesses that were in a stronger financial position entering the pandemic were the ones that are, are, are the ones that are going to have the best chance of, of emerging out of it. Um, so, you know, I think the, the, the lesson there in, in some ways was we, you know, we, we always planned ahead and worked ahead. So it gave us the opportunity to be able to take a pause and break in some ways. 
Um, but I think what was most important is in that moment to, if I had jumped right into how are we going to do the paper, how are we going to execute the paper? The, the reality was the team needed the, to pause and stop. And we have, you have to be able to do that. Um, and if not, even if, even if in the short term, it feels like you, you need to get on with the work, um, long-term that would have had effects. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think I probably actually recognize the effects of some of that myself, um, at a later point, uh, not pausing myself and, and taking the time that I needed to probably grieve. And that's, that's the word that I think can be really, really tricky in a position of leadership is you're having to stay one step ahead, right? I can't walk into the meeting when we're telling everybody that, that he passed away. I, I can't walk in and necessarily, um, not, not appear to be in control and ready to, ready to challenge it, uh, ready to be there to, to support everybody. And yet that often means sometimes you're not pausing to actually have that same emotion that everybody else is having. Your brain starts moving to the next step. Yep. And I think not, not grieving sometimes can be a, a real challenge for leaders. Uh, and it's one that I, I think I'm still exploring. So I, I'm making it sound like I've got it all figured out, but I, I don't think that's the case. I, I think it's a grieving is a word that I've, that I've been hearing and trying to explore a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and you're, you're actually not the first um, guest that we've had on that. That's talked about uh, that word in specific. Um, in terms of dealing with challenges and, and learning that that and appreciating the fact that while it may seem hard, but that is definitely part of the process um, to help you move forward, um, you know, through through challenging times. So now let's, I think, oh, I think just real quick, I think one of the things that that helped was that. You know, I think when the, when those things happen, if you've got a good team, people are, other people want to do things right. They want to step up. They want to help in times of, of crisis, whatever that crisis might be. Um, and, and those are the type of teammates you want to have. You kind of know who you're in the foxhole with in some ways when that happens. Um, and so really quickly in that moment, I, I knew I had to lean on, lean on my team. I had an experienced staff of, of senior staff writers that were, um, that were, you know, fantastic writers and have been in the community for a long time. And I, I just, I remember saying, I'm going to need to lean on you to, for your expertise. And in some ways that, that was maybe the, in some ways that might end up being one of the best things that came out of that was it was forcing me to, to not try to figure it all out by myself mm-hmm. that I, I had, I knew it was kind of like wave the white flag. You, you, you have to lean on your senior staff writers to be the experienced people. And so how do you, how do you do that? And how do you get back out what you were expecting to get from Jim specifically, but through everybody else on the team. Right. And that's um, there were strengths that came out of that, that ended up benefiting us, uh, from the business side, of course, long, long-term, mm-hmm. uh, having people positioned that way. Very good. And now to shift just ever so slightly, but, but still staying on that, on that same path. Um, you know, we talk about the different roles, uh, that you have to take on as a leader, especially when you're going through challenging times or again, in, in your world, when you have to, you know, meet deadlines or report on stories that are are just mind blowing, or I'm sure having, stories brought to you that you're like, yeah, we're probably not going to put that one in this week, you know, things like that. What are some of the things you do? Because we know that can be honestly mentally draining um, in terms of a leadership role, especially doing that day in and day out. Um, Chris, what are some of the things that you do to help 
offset that, you know, to keep your, keep your mind, right. Keep your sanity. Um, what are some of the things that you do to, to get through those things so you can recharge your batteries and come back and be a strong leader day in and day out? Yeah. And I, uh, similarly, I think the, you know, the pandemic specifically and, and some of the challenges with that have, um, have put a lot of that into, you know, severe focus, right. Uh, stress and strain of, uh, of big situations. I think it puts a lot of pressure on, on areas of leadership that maybe uh, aren't your strongest part of your game. And, you know, for me, uh, trying to figure out um, how do you recharge your batteries? How do you, I, I know that when I think about when Jim passed, what I did is I took that all inside myself and I never dealt with it. And I never, um, I never took time to do the grieving part that we're talking about. And by not doing that at the time that that stores up, it builds in there. It's kind of, I think about it like a jar, right. Mm -hmm. And you keep putting those things in there. And as each of those situations comes up, if you're always running past it and not necessarily uh, managing through it in some ways, I think it it can really add up. Um, So for me, I think, you know, one of the big things that we've probably heard in the community recently is the make it okay campaign uh, about mental health and um, being able to talk about mental health. Um, That's, it was a, <laughs> that was a, a tough thing mentally to right. go through a, as a 23 year old. And I, I can look back on that and I can, I can recognize that and see that. Um, and at the same time in the moment, that was the last, I was the last person I was trying to think about. And that, that's probably where it needed to be to a certain degree, but there needed to be some point in there for me to be able to stop mm-hmm. and digest and think about it and talk about, talk about it with somebody. And, and why, why don't we feel comfortable to do that? Um, as a, as a community, why don't we feel comfortable to talk about talking to somebody? And so, um, you know, that's a, that's a lesson I think I've learned is that, you know, I, I've gone and gotten, uh, gotten help and talked to somebody. And for me, it's just an opportunity to kind of dump out my thoughts, right? A lot of times you end up with it all kind of spinning around in your head. Um, and being able to do that and, and talking to a, you know, professional therapist and talking to somebody like that, um, oftentimes it ends up being business stuff that I'm talking about. Right. And that <laughs> uh-huh. in a lot of ways, it ends up, it, it really does help frame things for me. It's kind of like having a, uh, I kind of think of it as almost my little secret weapon on the side that I, that I have to help keep me mentally fit, especially during times. It's like armor, mm-hmm. um, that can kind of help keep you centered and, and grounded in some ways and give you that outlet. When a lot of times when you're in a leadership position, you don't have somebody to go vent to, right. That's, you, you don't have that, that person, that's not your, that's not something you're, you're, you're going to be doing from a leadership role. Uh, when you're under a lot of stress, you're not necessarily going to your team and telling them that you're under a lot of stress right, and strength. Right. And so, uh, you know, to be that duck on the water, oftentimes, uh, you know, why are you trying to do that by yourself? And I think that's something that, um, is, is just a good lesson for everybody. And the make it okay campaign stuff, uh, you know, I think that's, we have to make that okay because, mental health is a, you can have physical, (laughs) physical manifestations of that stress and strain. And if you're not Mm -hmm. doing it right now, this has been a long sprint. I think what a lot of people thought was going to be a sprint is turning into a a really long marathon. And if we don't figure out how to make sure that you can manage through the marathon, it's going to be, um, it, it's going to be too long of a race, I think. And so I'm trying to take some of those lessons that I, that I know from, from the past that I, I didn't sit and the grief a little bit and digest it. And I'm trying to figure out ways to make sure that I have an opportunity to, to, to mourn. And that, that can feel weird when I haven't lost anything personally. And as far as, uh, you know, um, 
we've been fortunate. Nobody in our families had had COVID or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I'm working for a business that is that is managing through and, and working hard to get through this in a lot of ways and feel optimistic about that. Um, and yet at the same time, you know, there's a lot of, I, I tend to take on what I see around me and I can see a lot of hurt around and, and that, that can be tricky sometimes to, to navigate through. So I think being able to, um, being able to pause and think about it. And then what I've really found though, is that when you are in your grief and when you're thinking about it, it often leads you really quickly. At least for me, it leads me to a place of being grateful. Um, and that's, that's probably, I guess my one, my one trick that I've been trying to do, I've been reading the book, the little book of gratitude. Um, and, uh, trying to start my day every morning with writing down three things I'm grateful for, whether that's something business wise or something in the community, um, or, uh, personally. And it's amazing how it's reframed the way I'm starting my day instead of rolling over and starting to scroll through emails and dealing with each, each new problem of <laughs> that's come through that, right. you know, first couple hours of the day. Right. All right. And Chris, to, to wrap up, let's, let's put on our imagination hats for a second, if you will. 22, 23 year old Chris, just out of college, just fresh off his internship, moving back, not knowing that he has all the answers to everything, but thinks he does talking runs into Chris today of the business record, who's had all these experiences and, and different things and learn these lessons. You know, everybody says hindsight's 2020. What are, what are the lessons that you're given 22, 23 year old Chris now that based on what you've been through and experienced, um, whether it's to young Chris or to any other um, newly minted, you know, leader or person stepping into that professional role, what advice from the lessons that you learned are you giving uh, today during, as we deal with COVID-19 uh, social injustice, all this craziness, these, these crazy killings that have been taking place across our country and the, and the riots and things like that. What advice are you helping or giving to these people to help them get through these challenges themselves? Couple thoughts. One, have somebody have something that's, that's your, that's helping that you're able to lean on. Um, whether that's, whether that is uh, a therapist, whether that is a mentor that you can be leaning on right now, you have to have outlets to express and, um, and talk about how you specifically are feeling during what's going on, whatever the situation is, whatever the crisis is. The second thing is that every single time I've gone through anything that it felt like a, it was a, a challenge too big. There was always some other challenge that came along that was bigger that I ended up feeling more confident to be able to take on because of the previous one. And the, I sometimes use an analogy of a, of a plane and you're flying and there's going to be some turbulence from time to time. And if you've, if you're on a a smooth flight and you've never felt turbulence at all, the first time the plane drops a little bit, you're going to, your stomach's going to, you're going to, you're going to panic a little bit. Right. And Uh you know, after feeling the turbulence a couple times and the different levels of turbulence, you get more and more comfortable dealing with what that turbulence feels like and being able to react in that moment and to stay calm during it. And, um, so the, the, this too shall pass type of, of, of approach, uh, you know, sometimes I, I can think back on things that, that felt like major crisis, uh, crises that we were, uh, trying to navigate through and, 
the reality was they, they just weren't right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and to be able to put some of those things into perspective, um, as they come up to know that, um, you can navigate through them and then you're always going to come through stronger in some fashion. If you're, if you're pausing to think about it and, and spend the time learning the lessons from the moment that you're in currently. And I think that's where you can, um, really grow. I, there's a lot of things I tell my 23 year old self. Um, but number one would be to make sure you've got that outlet to that outlet to be able to, to talk to be able to talk and be able to talk through how you specifically are feeling. Chris, I want to thank you for, for taking the time with me today uh, to, to share your story, to be vulnerable. Um, I, I appreciate that. I, I learned a lot more about you, um, you know, listen, listening to some of those things you, you shared. So thank you for that. Uh, before I let you go, any, any final words, thoughts you want to share? I don't think so. I think I've done enough talking. So, <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you. Uh, thanks for being on Leading in Times of Challenge and take care. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.